Hello and welcome everyone to the Make and Decorate with Stephanie podcast. I am your host, Stephanie, and this is season five, episode 92. This episode will have a new short chit chat segment, and then I have um, a replay favorite from um, season two in 2019 about uh, holiday decorating, tablescapes, uh, and entertaining. So I'm sure that you will enjoy either hearing that segment again or hearing it for the first time as a newer listener. So the wedding for my brother finally came. It was Saturday, October 1st in Davenport, Iowa. And um, the week leading up to this wedding, my husband got a cold, a severe cold. It wasn't COVID, thank goodness, um, just a cold. So when the seasons change, definitely this is when everybody starts getting colds from the temperature changes. And um, I just knew it. I'm like, oh, man, the timing of this is going to mean that I am going to get this cold on uh, or before the wedding at the end of the week. And sure enough, wedding day, the symptoms came on. But since it was just the beginning, basically, it was sort of just like allergies, continuous runny nose and... um, the uh, itchy, irritated eyes. And now it's in its full-blown state. But now I'm back home from the wedding. All of this to say that that is why I am doing a replay segment as the main topic today, because um, I am, my voice is not right, and I'm coughing a lot. So, um, so that is why this episode is the way it is. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, the wedding was beautiful. The weather was beautiful. And I've never been to Davenport, Iowa before. And it also is beautiful. Davenport is right across the Mississippi River that divides Illinois and Iowa. And um like my uh, my sister that lives further north uh, in Dubuque, Iowa, right across the river, uh, the landscape is similar. So right across the river, the landscape is very hilly. Um, lots of hills, like the streets go, you know, up and down. And most of the houses are built on um, these hills where you you walk up steps uh, and the yard, the grass sort of curves up onto the hill. I don't even know how they do their lawn that way. But um, so it's interesting. It's uh, a whole different landscape versus the total flatness of the Illinois um, prairie. If you've been listening since last season, I did make uh, the the dress for the wedding and it was successful and um it, it I wore it and felt so comfortable in it yet so elegant and I ended up making the cashmerette Upton dress with three quarter sleeves and the princess seam bodice with the gourd skirt options. There's many different options on this pattern and uh, it could be made sleeveless and into a casual style depending on the fabric you use. Um, There's a lot of different sleeve styles 
And uh, I, I just I love the three quarter sleeves, especially at this time of year, not knowing is it going to be hot or is it going to be cold and that sort of thing. And um, actually, I didn't realize, but Davenport is about like three to five degrees warmer than here in Chicago. So it was warmer than I thought it was going to be in the 70s. And um, yeah, again, a really great weekend. If you're planning to make this um Upton dress from the uh, cashmere patterns or are thinking about it, I'll give um, a brief review of my experience uh, sewing it. And it was pretty much all good. I did have to rip out the zipper two times, but um, it wasn't like a complete breakdown. I'm going to cry sort of thing. It's just, you know, I, um, noticed certain things that just I needed to sew a little bit closer to the zipper in one time. And um, so it wasn't too bad. And overall, um, I gave myself plenty of time to make it as well. And I did make a muslin of the bodice, which I am very happy that I did. Uh, there were three changes that I needed, needed to make to the bodice um, around the dart area, and uh, um, a couple of other uh, things. And when I made those changes, it was night and day of how it fit and really like the light bulb clicked in my head. And I thought this is what it's like to have a garment fitted, especially for for you, like for, for me, <laughs> for especially fitted to my uh, body, which I, uh, according to the cashmere pattern size chart, I have three different sizes from the bust to the waist to the hips, three different sizes. And because it was the dress, I really only had to um, grade between the bust and the waist. Uh, and those were um, those were the adjustments that I had to make. It it really wasn't as bad as you would think, and it was well worth the time spent on making it. And um, I'm glad that I did it. I was considering just not doing it and making the garment, and I'm so glad that I didn't. <laughs> um, and I think that's another reason why the whole entire experience of making this dress was a lot more pleasant. And it, uh, the instructions are very detailed. Um, and the pattern also gives, um, you know, definitions to, to things in the stitches. They give you options of how to finish the seams. I finished mine on the serger. And, um, uh, I like how, you know, with the princess seams, they tell you which direction to press them into. Um, and also in attaching the lining to the bodice, I opted to hand stitch it, which is the m most, um, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, to me, it's like the best way to do it, the more couture way, because you won't see any of the stitches. Um, you could use a sewing machine and stitch the lining, but then you definitely would see the stitching on the front of the dress. Um, what else can I say about this pattern? Uh, 
The invisible zipper. So I had not installed an invisible zipper in a long time. And I tried to use my Juki straight stitch machine with the adjustable zipper foot and it wasn't working. So that was, um, that was one uh, situation where I had to unpick the one side of the zipper that I had sewed in there because it didn't sew close enough to the zipper teeth. And the reason why it was on the Juki was because <laughs> I have a large quilt project on the, um, the other sewing machine that I do have an invisible zipper foot for. I don't have one invisible zipper foot for the Juki um, straight stitch machine. And um, also, I think that the invisible zipper foot you have to have, um, I might be wrong, but uh, for my Bernina machine, I was able to move the needle position over um, to where I needed it to be. And that groove on that invisible zipper foot um, really makes the process of sewing it so much easier. So that's why I ended up clearing up that quilt project off the Bernina and bringing over the dress uh, to install the zipper. Uh, so I think that the invisible zipper foot is an investment uh, that's worth it, especially if you plan to make garments and also um, home deck items like pillows. Uh, I actually am going to be making some pillows commission project and I am going to put invisible zippers in those. Um, so this was a good practice part, but um, work drapery workrooms are starting to put invisible zippers into pillows um, nowadays, and um, it really, it, they, they install it right by the seam, so you could really flip the pillow around and um, not see the zipper placement at all. So it's a really nice um, thing to um, incorporate into your sewing. The fabric I used is Liberty Tanalon, and um it, it stitched really well, but uh, you have to be careful if you do rip, <laughs> unpick stitches out of it to be very careful because um, it is a, a, a more delicate cotton fabric. Um, but all in all, um, like I said, the instructions were very well written. I only had um, one confusing part that I had to read and reread and look up some YouTube videos for, and that was on the installation of the um, bodice lining on how to stitch it to the arms and um, uh, to the bodice. The bodice part I understood, but it was the arm part that I was having a problem with, and then I finally figured it out. So, um, yeah, it turned out great. It fit perfect, and every, so many people were so um, like impressed. That's the fun part. When you put in all that work and effort into something, and it turns out, and you can wear it proudly, and... Um, uh, and then people just can't believe that you made it. <laughs> the other thing was people have no clue. Uh, they were like, what's the fabric? And I was saying like, this is Liberty Tantalon. Isn't that so exciting? And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, okay, you don't. And I would have to explain a couple times like this fabric is a special kind of lawn, cotton lawn fabric. <laughs> um, 
Um, but uh, yeah, it just uh, was not registering with some people, which was uh, gave me a chuckle. <laughs> um, and uh, so it was a great day, great weekend. And I saw some family there that I didn't even realize they were coming. So that was a good surprise. Uh, and it was good to see everyone. Um, my brother and his family from Texas drove up. I think they were probably the farthest uh, away people that came to the wedding. And it was so great to see him uh, and the family. Um, so it's too bad that I ended up getting sick um, on the wedding day, but <clears throat> it was still, you know, it, the timing was okay <laughs> because it was just at the beginning. If if it were Sunday, uh, I really, it would not have been as pleasant. So yesterday was Sunday and today, Monday are the, the worst days of it. So anyway, and that's why I don't want to continue talking because you probably do not want to keep hearing me sniffle and, <laughs> and me pausing to cough. Uh, so, um, I'm going to put the, um, the segment from season two, episode 37. And in the show notes, I will put the link to those show notes so that you can access um, things that I talk about there. And then the next episode um, will be a guest. Um, He is an artist, uh, George Mendoza. He's blind and he has um, his art turned into uh, fabrics for uh, free spirit fabrics. Very interesting story. Um, an incredible person. And I know that you are going to enjoy that episode next time. All right, everyone, take care and happy October, one of the best months of the year, I think. Um, we're already starting to see some autumn colors on the leaves. It's so beautiful. So enjoy this month if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Autumn is just so, so pretty. All right, take care and I will uh, see you, chat with you next time. Bye-bye. All right. So my next topic is about holiday home decor. We are quickly approaching Thanksgiving and then soon after is all of the uh, December holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. Uh, So there's a lot of entertaining that's going to take place. And maybe you are going to be the host and are going to entertain family and friends this year. So let's talk about the dining room and um, just some different uh, things to think about when you are planning um, to entertain um, for the holidays. So let's let's just talk about Thanksgiving to begin with. So in the dining room, uh, you have a dining table and... um, Let's talk about the tabletops because uh, the tabletops of dining tables, it really, you've got to know what type of lacquer is on top of your dining tabletop. And that kind of will determine um, how you have to, heavily you have to protect it. So um, if you, uh, or let's, let me also back up here. 
If you are in the market and you're looking for dining tables, here are some things to think about. A lot of times when you buy a nice dining table, they will have an option for you to order table pads that are made to the exact shape of that table and size. And if the table has extension leaves, there will also be uh, table pads made in the shape of the extension leaf that can hook together with the other two table pads and be one piece on top of the table. These table pads are very nice because they protect the tabletop surface and they have, um, they keep the heat away from the surface of the table. Uh, and it's still, um, a lot of tops of them are mostly vinyl and it's a nice, still like a, um, a, a hard tables type of a surface. Uh, so, I would definitely recommend investing in table pads. So if you if you don't have table pads, you can order them from, there are online companies that will make table pads um, for you. And you can, um, I think, send in like measurements or, um, you know, the, the, sending a template of the top of your table. So there are ways to order table pads um, after the fact. Uh, and they run about like uh, two to $300. So it is an investment. But if you tend to entertain a lot throughout the year, I think it's really a good thing to invest in. If you do not, um, then... There's other ways to protect the tabletop. And I know that um, a lot of people think that tablecloths are old fashioned, but they really are not. Um, We make a lot of tablecloths for um, design clients for their dining rooms. And what we do is we layer. So if... If it's just like a tablecloth and that's it, then, yeah, maybe that could look a little dated or, you know, not as, you know, um, modern. But if you layer a table runner down the center of the table on top of a tablecloth, that's already elevating the look right there. And then if you add placemats for each place setting... That's even another layer. Now you have made this really luxe looking tablescape and it is serving multiple purposes where it is going to protect your tabletop. A tablecloth alone in a, in a placemat is not going to protect it from the heat um, and or water rings. So that's why a placemat will help that if, if the glass, the water glass or whatever the glasses are filled with, um, can, there's room for them on the placemat, then that will definitely help protect the table from water and condensation rings. But you will still have to put down some sort of a trivet type of thing to protect the table if you're putting hot, um, foods onto the table. That's why table pads are really nice because you don't have to worry about it. You can just um, put any hot thing and liquid right down on top of the table. Well, table pads will definitely need to be covered up with a tablecloth because they're just they're they're not 
they don't look good on their own. They're just kind of like a supporting layer. So think about using a tablecloth and table runner and placemats, cloth napkins, and then for, um, well, wait, backing up again, (laughs) the type of lacquer that's on your table. So a lot of the tables made, um, you know, modern day made tabletops, a lot of them do already have what is called a catalyzed lacquer. And a catalyzed is a very hard protective lacquer that allows you to put a um, a wet glass directly on top of it and you will not get a water ring. It, it makes it a lot more impervious to everyday use and scratches and spills and accidents. A lot of times that catalyzed lacquer is put on more like everyday kitchen tables. Um, but uh, more formal um, furniture, uh, dining tables, a lot of times will not have that hard catalyzed lacquer finish on there. They will have like a regular furniture lacquer on the wood tabletop um, because it shows the beauty of the wood that is the table is made out of. And then even above that, there are some tables, and usually you find this in the really high-end tables, that the lacquer is like a wax. It's a real soft wax finish. And those finishes are very delicate. In fact, we have a client right now that her table is at the refinishers, and we are having the tabletop refinished. And I have specifically asked them, to put the hard catalyzed lacquer on the top because this table used to be in their dining room um, before the house was renovated. Now it's their everyday kitchen table. So it needs to have that protection on there because it keeps getting really deeply scratched and um, damaged by rings and spills. So having said that, You can have, if you need your tabletop, because you can have just the top of the table refinished and you can find a local refinisher um, that will do it. And um, it really will extend the life of the dining table you have and really bring new life to it. Uh, So there is a little bit of time still if you want to get that done. Um... Maybe for Thanksgiving, but definitely for Christmas um, and and the other December holidays. So, um, but think about that. Even if you don't do it this year, just have that in your mind and file it away that if you your table does need to be refinished, um, that there's other options. Because especially if you really like to see the beauty of your wood table and you don't want to cover it up with a tablecloth, then that's a way to go. Because if you have that harder uh, catalyzed finish on the top of the table, then um, it me- needs much less protection and you can put um, your place settings directly onto it. However, I really do love table linens. So <laughs> I still like for a formal dinner, I would still put a tablecloth and layer it up with uh, runners and placemats and chargers and all of that good stuff. Uh, so... Um, but yeah, that's, that's for the dining tables. 
And um, let's talk about Thanksgiving centerpieces. So centerpieces just, they kind of go through different um, types of what's in, what's out, what's the new hot thing. And um, I mean, you remember the times when the centerpieces were like these ginormous branches that was just like a but it was like huge scale in a large glass space I mean that was kind of like I don't know that was years ago but <laughs> I remember when that was like the thing um I tend to like um smaller uh um I guess kind of a centerpiece, but it kind of goes the length of the table so that everyone sitting there has something really pretty uh, centerpiece wise to look at. And I also love very natural centerpieces. So one of my favorite things to do is to um, go to the grocery store and to get this time of year uh, through the winter uh, Satsuma oranges. They're really beautiful shaped um, oranges that have leaves on them. So you'll know what they are when you go there. And um, they're kind of, they're a type of a mandarin slash tangerine, like combined, but they're called Satsuma. And on top of that, they're very delicious to eat. But um, those are beautiful to do tablescapes with. And because they have the leaves on them, even more so. So if you kind of like um, put them in groupings, and what I like to do is put them instead of like in a straight line in the center of your table, do more of an organic S-shaped um, line down your table. And as it curves in and out in those shapes of curves, that's where you can place all of your um, uh, dishes, your um, side dishes and you know the big main dish and stuff. So... Um, it doesn't, uh, the centerpiece doesn't take part of a huge part of the table that really is needed to place all of these delicious, you know, food things on there on the table. So doing that in an S shape and you can combine these Satsuma oranges that have leaves on them with mini pumpkins, um, cranberries, you can get, um, you can even combine them with uh, non-real things like um, vines from Michael's, either like these garland vines with leaves or sunflowers or that sort of thing. Combining real with the faux, um, it's fun. It's not that expensive. And I think it's a refreshing look. And then for the candles, it's um, it's nice to do a lot of little votive candles um, up and down the table, because again, everybody that's sitting there wants to kind of have a piece of that, you know, the star of the table. So everybody gets a little bit of that um, centerpiece right in front of them. And it's a lot of fun. And then it's not so um, intrusive. And when you get into those big centerpieces and, you know, that classic thing where people are dodging and they're trying to look at the person directly across from them, but they can't see them because the flowers are in the way. So, yeah, those are just some ideas for uh, decorating tablescapes for Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, let's talk a little bit about host hostess gifts. Uh you know, because a lot of us are, we sew and we quilt, um, 
And you probably already know this, but I'm just reminding you that you can, you know, a lot of times right now, a lot of us do not have time for anything, but making a set of coasters, quilted fabric coasters, not quilted, whatever, um, everybody loves those as gifts. Every time I give them and I think, oh, it's just coasters, they love it because you made it, first of all. It's custom because they can't get it anywhere else. So that's a beautiful gift. You can make a set of six coasters, eight coasters, um, even four coasters if it's a small gathering, but a set of coasters and wrap it in a pretty ribbon. Uh, and it's it's really a nice thing. You can even combine it with a bottle of wine or make your own little uh, custom gift um, sort of set for the host or hostess uh, that you're going to Thanksgiving. Um, another thing is to make a fabric wine bag. Those are pretty quick and easy to make and very impressive. You can put, you can gift the bottle of wine in your custom made wine bag. And then another thing is sometimes you, you are assigned or, you know, you want to bring over, um, you know, a dish. Sometimes it's a dessert or an appetizer or a side dish. So, I um, just came across these really cool recipes. And of course, from YouTube, because <laughs> you guys know me, I love my YouTube. Uh, so it's kind of a thing that I wind down the day with. I I just, um, I love going to my Apple TV and clicking on YouTube. And uh, there's this channel called, um, oh, what's it called? Cooking with Laura? Yeah. Uh, wait, I got to pull this up really quickly because I saved it to my um, Instapaper app. No, it's called Laura in the Kitchen. She's um, actually pretty uh, well-established. She's got like a lot of cookbooks and I think she's been on Food Network and she's definitely been in, on um, some of the morning shows. I think her gig was the Today Show, um, but she is really, um, she has some really good recipes and Here's a few that I want to make and bring for the holidays, throughout the holidays this year. For an appetizer, she has a spinach and artichoke dip recipe. And you make it with, you make the outer uh, bowl out of these um, store-bought rolls, like from the freezer section. She said you can even make it from like, you know, those um, canned uh, biscuits or rolls. Um, was it the Pillsbury ones? But I like how she did. There, there are those little round dinner rolls. I've seen them in the freezer section. So, um, nice little shortcut, and it makes this super impressive, um, uh, appetizer dish. And in the center, you make a ring out of these bis, uh, these rolls, and then in the center is this decadent, delicious. Um, spinach and artichoke dip that you bake and it's all nice and warm and bubbly. And then you, everybody takes a little piece of the, um, a dinner roll and dips it into the dip. So pretty impressive. I definitely want to make that. And then there are a couple of desserts that I saved too. One of them is called chocolate salami. And this one looks pretty easy. I mean, basically you're melting um, semi-sweet and bittersweet chocolates together and, and putting in a couple of filler things like almonds. 
but you're making it into a roll and then you're slicing it up and it does look like chocolate salami (laughs) with the little almond pieces in it. So it's kind of a fun thing to do. I'll put a link to, um, she has a website where all of these recipes are at and it's called laurainthekitchen.com. The last one I saw that I am definitely going to make is gingerbread bundt cake with cream cheese frosting. And the cream cheese frosting is drizzled over this bundt cake. And then she added like these really fun uh, confetti sprinkles on the top. It's really festive. Uh, But the recipe itself looked really delicious and um, not that hard. So I'm really excited about these new recipes. And sometimes I get into the rut of making the same things every year because, you know, certain things you have to because it's tradition. Like for in my family, um, I have this recipe for kolachki cookies, but it's not every time I say kolachki it's people don't understand of what type it is and it really is more like um, a crescent cookie but it's a recipe passed down from my grandmother and she called it kolachkis and um, so that's what we make and it is a cream cheese dough filled with whatever fruit filling you want my favorite is the almond filling and my husband loves the raspberry and you roll it up and you shape it into a crescent and it's got these light delicate layers and to top it off it is sprinkled with powdered sugar so that's one of my family's um, traditional recipes that gets made every year during the holidays Uh, but you know I, I, I like to rotate in some new stuff in there new flavors and new things so I'm looking forward to trying these recipes out. If you guys end up making any of these recipes or other recipes from Laura in the Kitchen or even the recipes from the, for the Instant Pot from, um, his name is Jeffrey, uh, Pressure Luck is his um PressureLuck.com, I think is his website and Pressure Luck is the YouTube channel. If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.